Dear Diary, today I take the next step, the next step in being an ADHD life coach at Indigo Hub. I can't believe it's happening. I want to build, create and discover a place for us to truly be ourselves. I think this journey will be... Dear Diary, welcome world to the Indigo Diaries and welcome to our series three, The World Through Our Eyes, with your host me, Tasha Hicklin. The Indigo Diaries is a podcast for those who want to learn about ADHD through others and our own experiences. So this week, very, very excited to get another guest on for series three and we're going to be doing Starting the Conversation, where it's a subject that's quite dear to our hearts and we're going to discuss and maybe how we can approach it in basically in our lives. And um this guest I know personally and professionally through a charity called ADHD UK. So big shout out to them. And so welcome, Tony Coward. Hi. Good to see you. Good to or see hear you, you. Sasha. Yeah, <laughs> nice, to be, nice to be here. So let me tell you a bit about Tony before we kind of get right into it. So for Tony, the penny finally dropped at the age of 48 that maybe undiagnosed ADHD was the invisible saboteur that had frustratingly eluded him for so long, but finally explained the academic struggles, the multiple careers, and so much more. So Tony set out to discover as much as he could about ADHD strengths and challenges that presented themselves. And in the effort, he wanted to help others. So he had a support group and later became an ADHD coach with ADCA. Tony has founded Nomad Coaching, that creates a coaching space for ADHD adults, often late diagnosed, for whom a big part of their life experience has been the, the cumulative frustration in work and at home and in relationships. And now he's here as a coach, having some passion and working and supporting other ADHD coaches as well. So if you want the full bio, and definitely take a look, it's in the description below. So me and Tony met up a while ago and we were talking about ideas for the podcast and something we he said something and I just went oh because this is something that's quite dear to my heart so this is about unfilled potential so Tony kind of just give us a bit of kind of where your thoughts are with unfilled potential and the ADHD community um I think one of the things when I sort of starting off uh coaching clients that that stood out for me was that there's nobody really working in the space of coaching adults and the sort of long-term effects of ADHD, that unfulfilled potential, that feeling that we're in a place, um, but we could be somewhere else. Um, and coaching, that, that unfulfilled potential thing, that missing piece in life thing um, is very frustrating for people and it's very hard to get a grip on. And that is, part of the sort of you know my coaching mission is to coach people around that okay so it's kind of that long-term effects of ADHD which I agree I don't think is talked about enough you know ADHD challenges themselves are talked about but what about the long-term effects of actually having ADHD undiagnosed so kind of in the work you do what is it the sort of kind of patterns that you that you find with them feel potential um the, the patterns I tend to find, um, most of my clients are in their sort of 40s and 50s. They're all um, very smart. They're all very, they've all got very creative brains. Um, they're all, but they're all struggling to 
apply their strengths and align their strengths with the things that they're passionate about. And in some cases, they are, I've got a couple of clients, I've certainly got one client I've got in mind now, he, he's, he's extremely good at his job, um, but he's board rigid. Um, he needs to be, he's actually, he actually works in film production, but he's, oh. his, he is a, he's an award-winning filmmaker, or he was 20 years ago, and he needs, you know, he needs to be back in filmmaking. That's mm. where his passion really is. And he needs to move from where he is now to where he feels he needs to be. Um, I've got another, well, I had another client um, who uh, was in a similar sort of situation. He was working at a job that he was very good at as a voice coach, um, but he, he needed to be on stage. He needed to be singing. Um, and it, so it's that mismatch between where we are and where we could be. Mm. so where we are where we could be mm. and that's a big gap in some cases it's an enormous gap yeah and the gap i think over time the gap gets bigger we get potentially we get sort of stuck on the rails when it comes to um we're involved in a career which <clears throat> increasingly doesn't suit us we have commitments in terms of uh family we have responsibilities we require financial stability and it just makes it just pushes the 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 place where we could be just seems to move further away and once we get there's to a certain age but later on there's a certain amount of time pressure it's like time is running out if i'm going to do the thing that i yeah. want to do that i need to do that i'm driven towards i need to make the change to make it happen mm -hmm. and often um for some of my clients, that is, uh, I wouldn't say empty nesters, but it's, 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 you know, when, once the children are not yeah. um, at school, they're at college or the universities, you know, well, you know the situation. I mean, often you have an ADHD mum who, who goes, well, I'm not going to worry about me because I'm looking after the kids. Yeah. Eventually I'll get round to me. And, and, you know, when, when it comes round to me, that's where it is. I need to make this change. I need to be where I need to be. I've always wanted mm. to do X and now I need to get there. Yeah. And then the, by that point, the gap's already big and it's like, well, how do I get there? There's that. That's the, yeah, there's, there's a lot of working out and how to get from where I am now to where I want to be. But at the same time, a lot of these people are extremely driven. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's funny because when we spoke, obviously we work with kind of upper ends you know, I work with teens and young adults and you work with kind of, you know, the adults when they get to that point. So kind of the older adults. And it's quite interesting because I see like the beginning of this where people, they come out of like university or stuff. And I and I can, I've got a few clients that are like this now and I know myself was like this. You come out and it's like, well, um, you know, I'm, I am here and I'm going to do this job and I start, I'm going to start it. But then it's like, well, I want to do this. I, I really am great at this, but this is where I need to be or this is what I'm expected to do. So this is what I'm going to do. So it's kind of like you're almost at that point where, you know, the gaps got a lot big and I'm always at, almost at the start of where the gaps starting to become. That's right. And there's another there's another piece in there that when we when we're kind of starting on our career path, mm. we um, 
we have a vision of what our career is going to look like. And vision and reality uh, are often quite different. Yeah, they are. Yeah. It's, it's not unusual for somebody to arrive in their 50s and go, in actual fact, you know, the career that I envisioned when I left university is not the career that I've got now. Yeah. And, um, you know, and actually, I need to do something different. So how do how do you feel like kind of the ADHD, you know, the long term effects of ADHD here with the unfilled potential? How do you think the ADHD impacts this? Um, ADHD just makes it a lot more difficult to um, to sort of structure and plan and work out how mm. to get from one place to another. It makes it more difficult to take the actions that are required. It also makes it more difficult to essentially give ourselves permission to say it's okay you know this is yeah. this is this is a, a genuine and worthy thing and I need to do this and it's okay for me to make changes in my life and the lives of people around me in order to do this because it's a, it's driven by a need and, yeah and over time not satisfying that need has an opportunity cost we are essentially denying ourselves and that increasingly hurts and that kind of adds to the frustration that we feel mm. when you know when it comes to not moving forward with this stuff yeah and I, and I find that a lot of my clients it when it comes to that the needs that they need and they're driven there but then at that point the costs are quite short because obviously they're just starting out there but then if you're doing that for 20 years those costs get far greater yeah they do they get huge um in the early part of our career we can afford to do a bit of trial and error we can afford to sort of go actually do you know what i'm i'm, I'm a year into this job or i'm two years into this job and actually do you know what it doesn't feel right to me anymore and actually i want to go and do something else mm -hmm. and it's okay to jump and yeah you know we don't have careers now in the same way that we might have done when i left university you know it's not a kind of a linear path it's more of a portfolio thing yeah. And we're much more ready to go, actually, this part of my portfolio is now, it's now time to exit this and move into something else. So that's okay. Um, so yes, there is that, there is definitely mm. that gap. And as time goes on, and we, we take on more responsibilities, we have more commitments to other people, it becomes much more difficult to make that switch. So with, obviously, with unfilled potential, right, they've got this sense of unfilled potential. How how do you see that being displayed with your like a lot of your clients like how do they know that they've got that unfilled potential um i think i mean one of the things that is pretty common amongst my clients like i coach it's quite there's a number of adhd entrepreneurs that i coach um and one of the sort of common threads is they have a, a, a deep passion. Um, and the, the great thing about passion is that if you have a passion for something, it, it, it will always stimulate your interest. Mm -hmm. But that passion is often not directed very specifically. It tends to be a bit of a scattergun approach. And quite often I'm having conversations with clients about, you know, well, what's behind this? What's the mission? What's, what are you here to do? What's the problem you're trying to solve? What is it that, have, that you have to do? If, out of all these things, narrow it down. You, know, you mm -hmm. need to de de deliver value in all these different ways. Narrow it down. What's essential? 
And what, what are the things that you are doing that aligns with that mission? Mm. Yeah. And like you said, it's, it's, we go, oh, we've got this side of this and this is, but that alone is not going to get into action and not going to get into moving. No, that's where, you know, we do some work around, um, you know, core values, mission, purpose, um, the strength stuff um, mm -hmm. that you'll be familiar with. And we also look at, of course, the, the challenges, the barriers, the things that are getting in the way. Yeah. Um, we start sorting that sort of, st we start coaching around that. We start moving the client forward. Um, they get more clarity around what it is, you know, exactly what, what that unfulfilled potential is and what what it's what the meaningful com uh, contribution that they need to make that will fill that unfulfilled potential mm. once they've got a very clear uh, vision around that then they can start to align the things that they are doing and the actions that they are taking that will move them forward yeah and once they're underway they almost, I wouldn't say it's perpetual motion, but, you know, once they're underway and they've started the momentum, it's, you know, the first small step leads to the second step and the second yeah. step leads to the third step. And by the time you've done the third step, steps four, five, six, seven and eight are much easier. Yeah, yeah. And that's when you kind of, you bring it from this kind of zoomed out kind of fluff to this kind of zoomed in, this is exactly what you're going to do, which makes it more accessible. And then when you get the steps going, then you fulfill the momentum and then it keeps going, the passion grows there's a there's a big sort of emotive piece in here because we have we feel the frustration and we feel this sense of being pulled in a particular direction but it, it's not articulated in any sense it's it's it senses it's i sense something i have this theme in my head i have this atmosphere i have i have a feeling i have an emotion about this mm -hmm. but i can't kind of rationalize that and understand what it is and that's where the coaching comes in and yeah. they start to be able to you know, it's when they start articulating that and they have to start explaining that to a coach and the coach is starting to sort of narrow that down and going okay well I hear what you're saying but let's you know keep keep going let's be a bit more specific what's actually behind that yeah then they start listening to what they're actually saying and they actually you get the aha moments where they go actually I realize that that thing that I'm doing is something I need to discard. And yeah. This thing that I'm leaning towards is something that I need to do more of. And mm. this thing I see is something that's a barrier. And this is a resource that I can use. And that's the support that I need. And this is the action I need to take. And then they start building the whole thing themselves from their own self-awareness. Yeah. This isn't about, you know, leading people down a path or supporting them this is about encouraging them and helping them to come to their own realizations their own aha moments mm. and help them to move themselves forward yeah because when you when you're in the depth of your life and all that it's hard to have that you know taking that seat back to look at it in that rusher in that mood so that's what a coach can do it helps evoke your own self-awareness to the thing that you know you're in because like you know they say like when you're in the trail or you know you can't see the specifics or the bigger picture because you're so involved and in, and then when emotions come in but you know it makes it very uh complicated it, it does there's a there's a sort of analogy that i have of a greenhouse and if you have a greenhouse that's filled with plants in the in the summertime it's just a, a sea of plants if you're inside the greenhouse you're just surrounded by green what you need to do is step out of the greenhouse and walk around the greenhouse to be able to identify the different bits and pieces. 
So you almost need to have, you know, you've got the client in the middle of the greenhouse going, well, where do I find the red peppers or the tomatoes? And you've got the coach on the outside going, well, why don't you try this corner over here? <laughs> have yeah. a look. You know, it's that, isn't it? Yeah, that's funny because I have a similar analogy of when you're in a boat and you've got waves coming over in a storm and the coach is like a lighthouse that can see the bigger picture of you in the storm to help you get there and identify what's in front of you. Brilliant. I like the greenhouse one. I'm going to have to steal that one. <laughs> Copy, copyright. Copyright to Tony Carrot. So you said there that when, it, you know, when you kind of, you discover the core values of strengths and all that stuff, but you said that people struggle to apply them to what they're doing. I think, I think if you are aware of um, your core values and you're aware of your strengths, you can then start to work um, more, um, what's the word, um, more consciously mm. um, with those strengths and with those values to move you in the direction that you need to go. So I think a large part, I mean, you know, I think one of the foundation stones of, of, of ADHD, managing ADHD and managing all the little bits and pieces that are vaguely attached to ADHD, I think awareness is the cornerstone of it. If you're aware of something, you then have an opportunity to make a choice. Here's the thing. What am I going to do about it? Um, and at that point, you have the opportunity to manage that and think about the action steps that you need to take and establish the routines and the processes and all the other bits mm. and pieces that go with it. But the awareness is the absolute key. And it kind of comes back to that, you know, that initial awareness is like a feeling and atmosphere kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. it's, it's actually an articulated self-talk awareness of actually i see what's going on here i understand this and i i see what i need to do mm. and now i have a choice i can do it or i can go no i shall be oppositionally defiant and i will ignore what i'm telling myself <laughs> and i shall binge watch <laughs> game of thrones or whatever it happens to be but the, the important thing there is it's a choice not not uh being forced to or feel like you've got no awareness and you're just kind of going into that default and that's what i always say that when when you feel like you're you have a choice in life is when you're working with yourself and working with who you are and all that because that's what it's about here it's choice we don't want to get to the end of the day and regret everything we've done we want to be able to be aware and make those choices that are right for us and that align with who we are that's absolutely right. I think the ability to make choices, to recognise that we have choices, to make those choices is empowerment. Yeah. Mm. And empowerment is key. Empowerment is key. Um, we're going to spend a long time trying to manage our own ADHD. And the more empowered we feel to be able to do that successfully, the more successfully we're going to manage and the more successfully we are going to move closer to and fulfill our potential. Here, here. So I think that's a good point to have a break um, and we'll come back. So the, the whole point is empowerment. <laughs> I've got that word. Uh, it's kind of just give me a, a, some room to think. So we'll come back with Tony and we'll carry on the conversation. Thanks, Tony. No worries. And we're out.
if you would like any more information on Indigo Hub or our Indigo support group, then please check out our website below or our link to our social media platforms or email at indigohub.adhd at gmail.com. If you would like to offer any comments, feedback, get support, or if you're interested in the world hearing your story, then please reach out through any of our avenues. As said before, have a positive week. Check in again later. And we're out. And we're back and as always <laughs> we yeah end up talking a long time in the break and going here 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 and then it's like a tradition um we go break and then it just goes everywhere it's brilliant and sometimes some of the best stuff comes out on the breaks i really need to start recording the breaks but yeah so we're talking about um well go back if you've not if you've come to this point go back and listen to what we were talking about before unfilled potential empowerment and lots of good stuff so I want to ask you about kind of something that I see in co- in coach in c- coaching and in clients and something I went through myself was when you come into an unfilled potential, right? There's a lot of deeper stuff going on here than just kind of, you know, the job itself. And when I talk about deeper stuff, I'm talking about the emotion element. What are kind of your experience with that? Um, my experience with the emotion stuff is... Um, when you start digging into a client and you start asking them, how, you know, okay, well, name, start naming the emotions, start naming the bits and pieces. I, I, I've got an emotions wheel that I often share with them. And I just say, you know, pick out some words, pick out some words that just you know, kind of describe what you're feeling. You know, what, what, are, what, are, the, what are the ones that stand out for you? Um, and quite often they'll pick out a whole mishmash of different words to describe how they feel um, and quite often they're picking out words of like you know they're helpless because they can't do they, they, they they're finding it very difficult to find a way to move forward and they're stuck um, so we then you know the obvious sort of coaching question after that is okay well how is it that you need to feel to move forward to move forward with this um so they'll start picking out words around you know i need to feel i need to feel peaceful i need to feel calm i need to feel confident i need to feel you know i need to be able to apply my creativity and they'll start um expressing where they need to move to in terms of their emotional energy and i'll sort of say okay well if you want to move from feeling lethargic and bored and helpless and a bit stuck and a bit guilty uh, and you want to be cheerful and enthusiastic and creative and satisfied and proud, what needs to happen? So we'll start. Look, there's a, a in, in terms of emotions, there's a sort of, we have different sets of emotions depending on where we are in the process of whatever we're doing. You know, we have a, mm-hmm. you know, emotions that we have when, it, when we anticipate something, we have emotions during something, we have emotions after something. And one mm-hmm. of the examples that I use with clients is to say, look, supposing you've got a small child and you say to that small child, tomorrow I'm going to take you to the beach and I'm going to buy you an ice cream. What you'll probably have is you'll have a small child who's overexcited and won't sleep. But the, you know, the very intense, potentially um, anticipatory emotions there. 
And what we do not want to do at all ever is to um, say to the child the following morning, right, okay, I've changed my mind. We're not going to the beach today. Uh, we're going to do something else. Mm. Um, because that, that sort of shows, illustrates the potential gulf between, you know, the very uh, positive anticipatory emotions and the very negative outcome emotions. Mm. So what we want to do is we want to take the child to the beach and go, okay, we could have an ice cream. But before we have an ice cream, I thought perhaps we'd go on the fun fair. So we're adding to that. So not only am I getting my ice cream as a yeah, child, I'm yeah. getting a ride on the fun fair. <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm getting more than I expected. So my bonus, the, the outcome emotions that I was expecting are actually being ramped up. I'm getting so much more than I yeah. expected. Um, so in terms of the sort of unfulfilled potential stuff, looking at the emotional aspects of it and thinking about the emotions that we have anticipating where we could be and thinking about the outcome emotions of how we would feel if we are doing the thing that mm. aligns with our mission and you know that we're passionate about starts to illustrate that emotional shift and, on, and from an emotional point of view you know as a client you know I want this thing. Emotions mm -hmm. are the payoff for the things that we do. We want the, the payoff to be um, uh, greater than our expectations. We always want that payoff to be mm -hmm. a positive thing. And if we have that positive emotional reward for the, the direction we're moving in, bingo. Yeah, it keeps us going. It, yeah, it fires our passion. It keeps us moving. It inspires us to action. It keeps us committed. It, you know, it. We are moving towards where we need to be, and we are mm. moving away from a place where we don't feel comfortable. Yeah, and I, I think it comes back to that thing about what you were saying earlier about fantasy versus kind of real, realistic, right? Because if we if we have that anticipation, and then we get more from it, a bit like the child, you know, he had this anticipation you know anticipation that he was going to get an ice cream and then when in the fun fair then it even adds and it gives that bonus rather than that we overarch and then it you know it we fall short of that which then comes back to unfilled potential yeah um it, it it illustrates that sort of you know under promise over deliver yeah piece, doesn't it and you mm. could almost imagine the child in the playground saying to his friends, you know, not only did I get an ice cream at the beach, I went on the fun fair as well. You know, it's that. I mean, the, 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 as, a, as part of the illustration, as part of the analogy, you know, that kind of childlike excitement and, the, you know, the unsuppressed emotions. We want a child to be excited and happy and, you know, mm. obviously as adults, we, we don't, we, you know, potentially we suppress our emotions or we start to judge our emotions i you know i i should feel guilty about wanting to be someone yeah. else. i i should you know um i should i i you know i feel miserable you know i should i shouldn't feel miserable i should move i should move away from miserable you know it's it's that we so we have these kind of emotional conflicts which kind of hold us back yeah and adds to that kind of stuckness and frustration that should we should be this we should be that oh god yes that's a really it, dirty word in coaching should uh, who says should because it often no, it's as you know often it's somebody else's expectations say, yeah it's yeah. either the expectations of people around us or the expectations of culture or society whatever it is mm. i should do this this and this 
but actually that feels counterintuitive to what I want to do. And I'm trying to reconcile what I need to do with what I should do in inverted commas. It's okay if it's the client says, I should do this thing because I mm. want to do this thing because it takes me where I need to go. Yeah. And that's what it is. It's about, it's, uh, and, and, and looking at the emotions helps with the perspective of that, right? You know, like I, I feel like this and I want to feel like this rather than I feel like this, but I should feel like this. Mm -hmm. You know, it's that want which then drives a passion and all that other stuff. And it's... It creates a separation between yeah. clarity, between how we feel, what we need, and what the, outs, the external um, mm. expectations are. So suddenly, because if, if, if our own expectations and the expectations of other people are kind of meshed together, we can't really work out what it is that we want. And it yeah. allows that possibility that we can unmesh those two things and we can start looking at what we need and separate it away from what's expected of us. And then we can start to work towards what we need and we can start mm -hmm. managing the expectations of other people. Yeah. And it's like that thing of when you said in the greenhouse, you know, we're in it and we can see, and some of the plants might be other people's views and all that. And we, and we can't see, but then someone's stepping out and going, okay, what do you see? Is that way of doing it? And that wheel invites them to do that because I know for me personally, and also for a lot of my clients at our age, it's that other people's expectations and the world's expectations that we go into a lot of this, which then creates after time unfilled potential because it's comes back to where we are versus what we could be. Yeah. I think, I think the emotions piece is um, not overlooked, but I don't think it's yeah. given the importance in um, ADHD that it should be. I agree. In, in clinical terms, you can't measure it. Yeah. It used to be part of diagnostic criteria. It's not anymore. But I think for, for me, the two core parts of ADHD are, on the one hand, the executive functioning stuff, um, task initiation, goal direction, persistence, organization, planning, prioritization, st stress tolerance, response inhibition, all those you know, mm. executive functions. Um, and the other part is the emotions, particularly the anticipatory and outcome emotions if we feel, you know, if we don't feel good about a task and it plays into our executive function challenges, then we, we're already, um, you know, we're, we're making those challenges even harder. harder. And so you end up with these feedback loops between the emotions that we feel around things and uh, the executive function challenges and strengths, because if we feel good about yeah. something, yeah, we're, we're off we go. No problem. I've been successful at this before. I'm really excited about this. That plays into our, you know, mm. it supports our executive functioning. So you have this, um, you have on the one hand, you have the executive functions, you have the emotions, the whole emotions architecture, um, the regulation, the emotional intelligence, emotional agility, um, all this emotional and it's sort of our, our emotional programming, our emotional mm. history, if you like. And they, you end up with these sometimes positive, sometimes negative feedback loops. And on top of this, um, you have sort of the ADHD related bonus multipliers, I call them, perfectionism, anxiety, mm. rejection sensitivity, imposter syndrome, all that stuff, which just 
you know, when it comes to the negative feedback loops, just freezes everything. Yeah. And a lot of coaching, you know, or a big part of coaching is unpicking those loops. Yeah. Yeah. Because if we focus on like, like, a, like the, the core, you know, challenges, executive functions, then it's only going to get us so far. You know, like I, I always say that a lot of the work that I do, yeah, is on them, but is on the other stuff, even sometimes more, especially at the beginning, because you've got to have them aligned because if not, then your executive it will only take you so far or it will take you a little bit, then you'll get knocked back down and then it's even harder to get back up. The emotions, you know, be, being, able yeah. to, being able to work in, an emo, in a positive emotional state yeah. and be, have the sort of resilience to go, okay, this is not a job that I'm, or a task that I'm particularly good at, but it's okay because I have developed the strategies I need to support myself. And even though I don't particularly like doing VAT returns, for example, <laughs> you know, I can still get through doing it and then I can move on to the tasks that I you know, I'm more mm. excited about. So we, 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 once we've got support, we've got supports for the executive function challenges and we've got supports uh, that we can use around the emotions architecture, then we start to unpick that, um, you know, the impact the emotions can have on our executive functioning. Yeah, and I, I think it comes back to what I always a big believer in is the, you know, the cause and impact and the cause and effect. You know, the effect is sometimes the, you know, the service stuff is the executive function stuff, but sometimes that beneath is the emotional element. I agree. And um, I think, you know, the cause and effect thing, um, I think a lot of, certainly the clinical side of ADHD, it roots itself very firmly in the cause side. Mm. And as coaches, we're looking at the effect side. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I wish that the, um, the sort of the clinical side, the local government side, the public sector side is rooted in this sort of cause thing. And if, they, if there was more of an interface and a, um, you know, more of a dialogue between the, co the cause part and the effect part, yeah. because everybody affected by ADHD lives in the effect part. Yeah. And the cause part's actually a very small corner of the whole ADHD world. And if the two lots actually talk to each other and listen to what each other had to say, then, you know, the cause and effect thing it stops being a cause and effect. It starts being a, you know, a, a more unified whole. Mm. Which means that hopefully the gap wouldn't get too big. The gap is quite large. Yeah. Mm. Um, I couldn't agree more. I think, I mean, I think the reason, I think the reason why the gap is so large is because science, science looks at uh, what is this thing? How can we measure it? How can we, you know, what can we call it? You know, what, what is it? What does it do? <clears throat> and then the effect side goes, well, okay, it doesn't matter what the cause is. It doesn't matter what the neuroscience is. It's, this is about how it feels, what it does, how it shows up, what the challenges are, and how we can work towards reducing the effects. The cause stuff, I mean, I know some coaches get quite excited about the neuroscience and stuff, but, you know, knowing which part of your brain is, is you know, how the brain is working in relation to ADHD is 
very exciting and very interesting, I'm sure. But when it comes to actually supporting and managing AGHD, it's, you know, I don't need to know how a fire extinguisher works to put a fire out. I don't need to know how the fuel injection system on my car works in order to drive it, you know. So spending too much time in the cause part of the equation, I think, is not helpful. That's my yeah. own personal opinion, and I'm sure others will disagree. Um, I 100% agree because what you said at the start, the long-term effects of ADHD, not the long-term cause of ADHD. The long-term effects of ADHD, not knowing it or knowing it, creates that gap between where we are and where we could be. Yeah, I agree entirely. And, and, you know, if we understand the effects, we as you know it's it's it comes back to the awareness management thing yeah if we understand the effects and we understand the triggers for those effects we understand why those effects are happening then mm -hmm. we can work on reducing the effects working on reducing the causes isn't going to help us knowing what the causes are is only going to help us so far my clinician wants to label me as having attention deficit hyperactivity disorder that's okay for him it's his label it's not my label um, I've moved uh, much further forward than that. Yeah. It's important that the, but we're living every day in the effects. And we need, we need, and that's what emotions, that's everything. And in order to get that potential, yeah, knowing the cause, knowing that you have it, all that is important. But knowing how to give yourself permission to have the effect, giving yourself permission to do it, and also getting the momentum going to get the potential that you deserve. Yeah, I think getting an assessment and a diagnosis is important, but it's not the mm -hmm. end of the journey. It's the start of the journey. It's just a, it's a road sign you passed. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it, you know, once you kind of pass that road sign and, and as you are well aware, you know, there's a, a period of potentially turmoil for a few weeks, months after that. Some people find it liberating. Some people mm. go through what I've heard called the big sad. Some people grieve. Um, once we're beyond that, we then start on the awareness journey. And obviously coaching can help when it comes to the awareness and the management stuff. You know, mm. It's piecing together the bits and pieces and working out what the effects are and working out how we can best manage. And it's not about coaching people so that they learn from us how to do it it's coaching people to empower them to develop their own solutions because everybody's unique every adhd yes. is unique which is one of the you know the great things about coaching people is that i they're all individual unique beautiful people yeah i learn from them i think it's brilliant sometimes i come out and i'm like what's that i need to go and research like like because that's what it's about because everyone you know where we are right is everyone's expectations all these things where we could be is when we live by ourselves the way we need to do it with our strengths and our values get into the action and we start moving forward when we stop looking out you know like you said when we take that step out of our own greenhouse look at it with those fresh eyes and then get into the greenhouse and start organizing and sorting that's absolutely right that's a yeah lovely great i could have clapped many times but i didn't <laughs> I was my, my head, my hands were going, yes, yes. 
great and uh it's been really really nice to speak to you Tony any kind of last words or last thoughts um yes um there's um the the <laughs> I, I watched part of a TED talk recently I don't normally watch TED talks but it popped up on my LinkedIn feed um you know it's where we are now is it's where we, it's not that's not what matters it's where we're going it's where we're going to get to it's what we're going to do next um that's the important thing um so wherever we are now is just the it's just a way station on the way to where we're going and we need to kind of make sure that where we are the right we're heading the right direction if we can visualize the end of the line and where we're going to get to that's even better but it's it's about the journey mm. not the destination it's about the journey and not the destination yeah mm. thanks tony so where can if people want to find you where they where can they find you uh well to be honest with you i'm not very easy to find uh you can you can find me on the world <laughs> web at uh www.nomad.coach um and i'm on linkedin but I'm, I'm afraid I've, I've sort of more or less disentangled myself from social media. Yeah. But you've got a website and I'll put it below. So if you want to uh, speak to Tony about anything further here or you want to get some coaching from him, then please reach below and reach out to him because he is, I know him personally, he's a great coach and what you heard today just shows it. So thank, not always. Thanks, Tony. So Today, we leave another episode with many things to think about and many questions or things that we, you know, further think. And that's what I really like to give you something to think about. And uh, two weeks, we'll be dropping another, uh, another one. I'm not sure what it will be. It'll either be series one or two. Who knows? Uh, but if you're interested on coming on as a guest or you want to share experience or anything like that, then please reach out through our social media avenues or by email. Um, so thanks again, Tony. I really appreciate you coming on. You're very welcome. It's been a joy. Thank you. So come back, learn, listen, and experience the world through not my eyes, but our own eyes. Why not? Have a great week and be empowered. You heard it today. Empowerment is key. And we're out. Dear Diary, as Indigo Hub's process goes on, it makes me stop and wonder, could there be more for us? More light, more experience, and more ways to see the world through our own eyes. I think this journey will be... Shh,